How are you? Good? That's, better, uh, that's a better response than the 930 crowd. I had to kind of wake them up a little bit, shout out, you know. I wouldn't and shout out them, you know. But uh, I was like, oh, I was, am I the only one that's doing good here? So I'm really glad you're here. You've picked a great day to come. Amen. Um, if you didn't get a seat, if you're, or you got a seat very last minute, uh, we apologize. Um, this is one of uh, the two or three Sundays of the year where it's just bonkers. And we, we don't make apologies for the, the craziness, uh, but we're, we hope you found a seat and, and you're good and comfortable where you are. And we're, we're thankful that you're here. Um, today, if you can't tell, we're honoring our graduates. Um, so obviously you're here in person, but if you if you happen to be watching online, we want to say a special welcome to you as well. And if it's your first time here, if you are a, a parent or grandparent of a student and you've never been here before, we especially want to welcome you. This is, uh, you know, hopefully you felt welcome and warm and at home here. Uh, we believe it feels like home to us that go, go here and and so there is something unique and special about this, this faith family. And we're really excited that you're here, not just to celebrate our graduates. Because, look, th- this is great. And, uh, I mean, have you ever seen a class quite like this? I mean, it's, I-, I promise you, I promise you we didn't pull kids off the street. Promise you. I know it may look like that, but we didn't. We have, we, uh, there are 77 graduates in this class from this youth group, from this student ministry, and 57-ish of them, or the 57 and a half, I don't know, I'm not sure what the number is, but it's somewhere in there, are present this morning. And look, these are, th- these, these, these students um, are special. This class is special. You know, if you graduated last year, the year before, the year before, and you're here, and you're like, oh, we, he said we were special too, I mean, don't worry, you are still special Every class is special, but this one is extra special to me because it's the first time that I'm actually a parent of one of the graduates, which is, it's a strange thing, strange, very strange, and it, a lot of my son's friends and buddies, and so we grew, we've, I've seen them grow up and was at, in close proximity with a lot of them growing up, and, and so that's, that's a special blessing for me, and I'm thankful to be a part of their lives. Um, you know, we say every year, every class is special, but this one's different. You know, this, this class began, you know, when they showed up in the fall of 2018, right? When they showed up, you know, as freshmen, they were like large and in charge. So much so that they intimidated the poor seniors. They did. Do you all remember that? Do you remember how? Yep. Do you remember how intimidated the seniors were? There's so many of them. And they're small. They won't be small for long. They were special from the beginning. And they just took the thing over. Like, I've never seen anything like it. They just took the thing over. And we were were still downtown at the time at First Methodist as a part of uh, FUMC. And we were you know, uh, praying about and dreaming about um, what it would look like to plant a new church in this community. And here we are, four years later, and uh, God has been good and faithful. Amen. Um, You know, this is the largest class that I've ever had. 
Um, the second largest class, the, the, the previous record holder, uh, was uh, the, the class of 2018. Some of you are in the room. There were 71 of them. And that class was extra special because God sparked revival in and through them in our church, in our community, and it just really kind of took things over, and we got kind of swept up in what God was doing. If you were, if, if you were a student and around at that time, you know what I'm talking about, just a move of God. I mean, nothing short of that. But this class has been consistent, and they're, they're four years. They have been, even though some of them that weren't involved until later on, they were consistently there, and, and their leadership was consistent, and they were, all, they were present, and they were committed, and, and God has done a great work in and through them. And in my 20-plus you know, years of student ministry, um, I can honestly say that this class is, holds a special place in my heart. It, it's going to be hard to, hard to top. And then, of course, there's always next year. So, so juniors, you know, you got a lot to, got a lot to live up to, shoes to fill there. But they're not only big in number, I mean, this is obviously, it's a huge number, but the impact they've made on our church and our community can't be understated. Um, from the moment they showed up till now, um, it's been the blink of an eye, hasn't it? I mean, maybe not for you, but for us. And the parents, we're, I've been talking to some parents, and we're like, yeah, it's like they hit ninth grade, and it was just the blink, and here we are today. So they're a special group, you're a special group, and I love you, and I'm so honored to know you, to be a part of your life, to walk this journey with you. Allison and I walked this journey with you and many others. Um, but we're just thankful to know you. We're thankful you're here. And we're thankful to just send you out one last time and to tell you we love you. Um, but this is not the end of our involvement in your life. I just want you to know we're not going anywhere. Even if you try to get rid of us, we're just going to be kind of like a, you know, here we are, you know, popping up. We're not going to pop up. But, you know. You're afraid we're going to pop up on your college campus. Like, hey, we're here. Surprise. Like, we're not doing that. I know parents do that. Parents don't give your kids a heads up, you know. But we will walk this journey going forward with you. Going forward, we'll walk the journey of life with you. And we promise, just like we've vowed to be there for you through your high school, middle, some of you middle school years and high school years, uh, we want to walk the journey of life with you through all the all the things that are coming, you know, college and college graduation and marriage, hopefully one day, and, 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 and kids and successes and careers and that stuff. So if you allow us to be, we'll walk the journey with you. We, we, we're not, this, this is not a, well, good luck, pat you on the back and send you on your way. We, we believe in a different kind of ministry uh, way of doing doing things so we, we want to walk the journey with you want to celebrate with you want to cry with you want to laugh with you want to pray with you want to be an encouragement to you going forward so that's my prayer um i'm, I'm going to call up uh you know, one, one thing we do one of the cool things we do every year and they can come on up uh kyson um lily kyson lily would y'all come up here yeah y'all As they're walking up, one, one of the cool traditions that we have is we ask a couple of our seniors, now we probably should have had like seven or eight, but we do here all day, to, to speak um, as senior witnesses. And this is just to, to give you insight into their heart, um, to let you know kind of the impact that, that, uh, that they've had on us and also that, that God has had on them. So I'm, Christ, would you grab that mic right there? Yes. 
So this is Kai Sumner, everybody. Somebody, Kais? Um, I told I told Kais, you know, we we went on mission trip to New Orleans this past summer, and we get we got paired up just randomly with some people that we would just look them in the eye and tell them some, something encouraging about them. You remember this? And uh, you know, I started thinking about Kais. Like I know all of them so well, but the, all I could say about Kais to Kais was that Kais, you're just solid. You're just solid. Not so, you know, he's solid. But he's solid. You know what I mean? He's solid. Like just a solid, loves Jesus. Not too high, not too low. Not going to get a whole lot from Kais but, as far as words go. But you're going to get a, a leader. And you're going to get somebody who loves Jesus. Who's not going to bow to the world. And not going to do what the world's doing. He's just going to do his thing. And he's going to love Jesus. And he's going to be an example. So, um, Kais, I love you. Um, Share, share a little bit with the people. Growing up, and uh, I grew up around Justin and everybody else. And as I got older, about middle school, I was doing the right things, I guess. I mean, I was a pretty good kid, but I just... I didn't believe in God. I hadn't accepted Christ. I did not believe in God, but it just, I didn't have fire inside me. I hadn't accepted Christ for real or anything like that. I just didn't really know any better. And then uh, once I got to high school, after that group that Justin talked about left, class 18, I came in that freshman year and um, talked about the Spirit and how in the Bible, I mean, you can be hot or cold or lukewarm. Well, I was very, very much lukewarm. And when I got to stir in my ninth grade year, I realized, you know, it was, it was hot. <laughs> and um, I looked around and saw these great people around me who really were after the heart of God. And it just made me realize that I wasn't really where I needed to be. And that's how a lot of kids end up around here in South Georgia and, you know, the South. We don't really understand the difference because everyone's just so accustomed and numb to the church. And when you're around... Justin and Allison and this youth group, I mean, you know the difference. You come in and doing the right things isn't enough anymore. It's You really have to pursue Christ and you realize, you realize that hole in your heart is not full. And so in my ninth grade year, I had some curiosity about everything after being around them. And I went to a place called JH Ranch that summer. And it's an awesome place. And uh, I was just curious about God and there's where I found Christ. And then Next, I was told out there that I need to go back home and find a place to plug in, and Stir's definitely that place, and Stir's just so accepting, and that's why we have such a large group, but it's accepting in the right way. It's accepting of sinners, but not of sin, and that's why so many of us can come here and grow, but not feel judged whenever we come into Stir, and after that, we just, I got plugged in, went started going to Bible study with a great group of guys, and just iron sharpens iron, and we've grown together over the years, and love this whole class. So, thank you. Next, we have Lily Respice, and uh, I, I probably could just say about the same thing about Lily. Just solid, just consistent, love, just love Jesus. Joy is all over her face all the time, and, and uh, life's not easy, but God is, God is good, amen? So I'm, I'm gonna let Lily share. Hi, good morning. Um, so I've been at 
this church with you people um, for, in a good way, you people. I like, um, since I was in sixth grade, um, I came with my family to FUMC kind of before, but we didn't come a lot. I wasn't, didn't pay any attention really. Um, but sixth grade, Disciple Now, I got saved. The uh, preacher was talking about the difference between, you know, spiritual life and spiritual death. You know, your heart's beating, but is your soul alive? Um, so I decided I wanted mine to be alive, so I accepted Christ. And I've been following him ever since. Middle school, I didn't quite understand I was saved, but didn't quite have the understanding and the perspective that it wasn't really my life anymore that I'm serving Christ, um, my king. And so I kind of live to serve those around me. I'm a people pleaser. That's been my biggest struggle, I guess, wanting people to like me and wanting glory for myself. Um, but freshman year, the mission trip, so the summer after freshman year, uh, we went to Boston with y'all. And um, I really learned what it meant that my life wasn't just for my own glory. It's really not at all for my own glory. It's for the glory of Christ. Um, and so STIR has really taught me that. I mean, I've been here for seven years here, started at FUMC, now we're here. Um, but they've taught me what community looks like and what godly community looks like. It's not for serving ourselves and enjoying it as a social club. Justin says that all the time. Without Christ, this is a social club. It's not. Christ is at the very center of it. Um, and so they've taught me what that means. And so Mark 12. Oh, crap. I lost my little bookmark thing. Hold on, y'all. Let me flip there. Okay, Mark 12, starting at verse 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, him being Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so it's stir. I've taught. I've learned that this is what we're here for. Yes, we're here to be together and to grow from each other and to learn from each other. I mean, this is like my friend group pretty much. But the center is Christ. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing here. And so that's the purpose of the church. Um, I don't, I'm trying to live that way. I'm still working towards it, and I always will be. But that's the purpose of the church, and that's what I've learned here. And then Acts 2, I can't lose the ribbon this time. It's part of the thing. Um, Acts 2 kind of outlines what the church should be. Right after Jesus went back up to heaven, Peter and everybody set up the church. And, um, you know, he gives us an example in Acts 2 of what it's supposed to be. So Acts 2, starting with 42, going to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. So I've really watched Stir, not perfectly, but mostly live out the fellowship of believers, what we're supposed to be, especially at last part. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
yes, we came in when we were in sixth grade with a you know, bigger confirmation class, and we came in freshman year with a bigger class, but we have still added so many to our number, and it's amazing. And it's not because of us or just bringing our friends. It's more than that. It's Christ being shown through us, so y'all keep coming. And so our kind of mission now is to go out and when we're going to college or wherever we're going, make more disciples, which is really a cool thing we get to do. And Sarah's prepared us pretty well. Um, so church, please keep praying for us. Thank you for loving us and making this happen. And um, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Um, just to give you a little glimpse into their heart, um, and they're more like this. They're all sitting right here. Could just go on and on and on. Be here for days and weeks. Um, amen. I love that. So we are actually in a series, right? And we're going to tie this into obviously uh, Grad Sunday. We're in a series called Playlist, and what we've been doing is we've been taking um, songs, old and new, some hymns some newer songs, worship songs, and just uh, gaining the truth in them. Obviously, they're all, the foundation is, is, is scriptural, and so all of them are steeped in scripture and foundational truth you find in them for every day. Um, we want to bring honor and glory to Jesus, and we want to, uh, through, our, through our worship, right, through our musical worship, and our musical worship is not the only type of worship there is, but we, it's kind of part of who we are, right, as a church, we love to worship, right? Uh, we love to sing together. It's just kind of who we are. And um, so we just choosing songs was, was easy. Like, you know, we just, there's so many great ones. Today, I, I chose a song that it could not be more fitting to, to this, to a graduating class. Uh, it's a song, um, it's a collaboration between Maverick City Music and Upper Room Worship. And if you guys know who Maverick City is, they sort of just kind of taken over um, everything. They're just taking over. Like the worship, they performed on the Grammys this year. Who, what worship band performs on the Grammys? It's never happened. Um, and so here they are. Um, fantastic uh, group. Um, originated in Columbus, Georgia, by the way, just the FYI. But uh, the collaboration, uh, the name of the song is You Hold It All Together. Cannot think of a better song with better lyrics that, that fit not only you guys, but our entire church, right? Uh, so Look, you guys know I'm not a commencement speech kind of guy, all right? Nothing against cheesy, cliche, and long commencement speeches. Uh, it's not a commencement talk. It's not a graduate talk, lest anybody, you know, shut down out here. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to reach for the stars, I'm not going to enthusiastically encourage you to reach your full potential and block out all the haters. I'm not going to do that. Nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not even going to tell you that you have the power within yourself to accomplish all your goals and dreams. I'm not going to perpetuate the myth that if you just work hard, life will go well with you. I'm not going to do that. We got enough of that, amen? Like, enough of that. I'm not even going to lie to you. And tell you you're the master of your own destiny. Not. None of that for me today. Instead, I hope to give you something way more valuable. Something that doesn't come from me. It comes from the throne of God. 
comes from the inerrant, perfect, infallible, unshakable word of God. Is that okay with you guys if we do that? Is that okay real quick? Good. I was, wasn't planning on asking your permission, but I appreciate it. But you turn with me to uh, Psalm chapter 27. And uh, as you're turning there, I want to read the lyrics to this song. And we're going to sing in just a minute as we close our service. First verse says, you come at the right time. When I least expect it, never behind. So why would I be surprised when you deliver every time, you being God? Then the, the, the pre-chorus says, on mountaintops you stay the same. On val- in valleys low, you never change. The chorus says, and I believe that I will see what? The goodness of the Lord. I'm confident as seasons change. This is important. Your faithfulness remains. The, the scriptural basis of this song comes from Psalm 27. And I want you to turn with me, and we're going to read it together. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain what? Confident. The one... This one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple, for he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out, he will place me out of reach and on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me and at his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices of joy, of shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music, like we did earlier. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has said, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Don't reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path. For my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet, I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. While I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Man, this psalm is like the template for doing life, isn't it? It's like the template for doing life the right, the correct way. Isn't it just like a a cross section of life? Like the ups and the downs, the success and the failure, the heartache, the fear, right? The joy. Like every time you turn around, David is writing about being surrounded on all sides by his enemies. And that was literal. That wasn't figurative. That was literal. And it's still that way today over there in that part of the world. Everybody wanted to annihilate Israel. They're surrounded on all all sides. So David had reason to fear. It wasn't figurative my enemies are around me. Not like when we, you and I, consider somebody an enemy. We're like, God, 
show them, take care of them, punish them. Like, no, he had real enemies that were knocking on the, the city gates. And you know what? He, this is a warrior. David was a warrior. This was a weak man. This was a man that, that literally killed bears and lions with his bare hands. And if David would show up here today, if David would walk up on this stage, he'd probably be up this tall, 14 years old at the time he killed a giant. 14. Not much to show for it. You know what? David knew one thing. David within himself was not strong. David within himself couldn't do anything. This was a mighty warrior. He was, he was the most powerful man on the planet at the time. He was the richest man on the planet at the time that we know of. And he, had all, he was the king of God's people. And yet, he was deeply and utterly distressed because he had enemies on all sides. Stuff wasn't going well for him at this point when he wrote this, if you can't tell. Line after line, he says, God, my enemies are, are at my doorstep. I am distressed. I'm heartbroken. I'm in fear and in pain. And the very next breath, what does he say? Yet, I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what that says to me? That says to me that David knew where his confidence lied. It was not in himself. David's not reaching for the stars. David's not the master of his own destiny. David's not even relying on his own strength and his own powers and intellect. David is God's fully and completely. David is surrendered in the, in the most profound way. He didn't have to be. He had all the money and the power he needed to do, to do life and to do it well. And listen, you've got the intellect and the ability and the wherewithal to go be a success in the world's eyes, and you will. You will be successful. But I want you to consider that it'll pale in comparison. If you don't do it God's way, you do it your way. You do it, you don't, if you don't do your life God's way going forward, you'll be a success in everyone else's eyes. But you will have failed in God's eyes. Not like he looks at you as a failure, but you will have not done it his way. And you will have missed out on so much that God has for you. Don't put confidence in yourself, young person. Don't put confidence in yourself, parent. Don't put confidence in yourself, grandparent. Don't put confidence in yourself. See, this psalm is like the cross-section of life. It's like the ups and downs, the successes, failures, and just when things are at their darkest, God proves all over again that he is God, right? All-powerful, trustworthy, he can handle your life, he can handle the chaos, he can handle the ups and downs. In fact, not only can he handle your life, he actually is sovereign over it. God is sovereign over your life. And he, listen, to, listen to this, this may mess with your theology a little bit, but it, God is either sovereign or he's not. He's either in charge or he's not. He's either the puppeteer or the puppet. And he's certainly not the puppet, right? God is either in charge of all things, good and bad. He's in charge of it all. 
And that might mess with your, your view of God a little bit. I hope it challenges your view of God. Because God doesn't see things the way we do. When something bad happens to you, and it will, look at me, grads. When, something, when bad things happen to you that you can't handle, God's definition of bad is not our definition. And if we see things, if we start to see things God's way, then we're getting somewhere. Because I promise you, Romans 8, 28, God will work all things together for your good and his glory. I promise you that. I promise you that. It's just a matter of perspective. Three things I learned from David and from this passage. God was his strength. Right? David's a warrior. David's been there. He's a shepherd. He's, he knows how to take care of himself. He could live life under his own power, but he doesn't. He relinquishes his own power and his own will to God. That is something, church, that we're terrible at. We don't do that. Kais just said it earlier. Kais alluded to this. We do a terrible job of this in the church. We don't submit to anyone. We don't. Submission is just not in our vocabulary. And we're taught to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. Nothing wrong with a little independence, y'all. Nothing wrong with a little self-confidence. But I promise you that something that should overshadow every bit of self-confidence in you is confidence in one who is greater than you. It's God himself. I promise you. If not, things are a little bit backwards. They're backwards. See, David understood completely and totally what he lacked and then what God had. Whatever he lacked... God made up for, and then some. That's, that's putting it lightly. So he doesn't rely on himself or those around him. He puts his faith and trust squarely on the Lord. And I want to read, I want to, to read this bridge, the bridge of this song. It's, it's, it's the kicker for me. So David trusts God fully. God was his strength. This is what the bridge says. God of my present God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together. God of my present, God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together. Not only did David trust God fully and God was his strength and his fortress, David experienced the power of God's presence and he desired nothing more than that. Look, if I'm David, y'all, and I'm praying this prayer. This is a prayer. Psalm 27 is a prayer. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that God wipe out my enemies. If my enemies are on my doorstep, I want God to take care of them. I want God to do me a favor and take care of the battle for me. That's not what he prays. Do you know what he prays? He says, the only thing I want, the only thing I ask is to what? Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The only thing I ask, God, that you just let me be in your presence. Why? People, why did he ask that? Why did he, when he had all this trouble, why did David pray that? Because he knew that the, the power of God's presence would transform who? Not the people outside the city gates, the person inside. He would transform him. You see, students, the way to navigate life is not consistently pray that God change your circumstance or the people around you. The way to navigate life is for, to ask God to change you. To ask God to change your heart. That's what he's here to do. He's here to do that for all of us. And he'll change it in a heartbeat. Here today, right now, God can change a heart. 
That's the greatest miracle on earth. Amen is the transformed heart. That's what God wants to do, but it only happens in God's presence. It doesn't just happen between the hours of 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, but it's better when we meet together. Amen? It's better. It's just better. Not knocking online. It's just better we're, we're together. Amen? In the room, singing together, enjoying God's presence together. It's just better. You can't tell me otherwise. The rest is a shadow and a counterfeit to the real thing. It's just better. It's just better. There's nothing like God's presence. And finally, David knew that God was an anchor for his soul. And David knew that God was more valuable than anything, more valuable than his own life. I'm going to ask the band to come up, and we're going to, we're going to sing one last time. But as they're coming up, that's the challenge this morning. To you graduates, to you people out here, to this church, visitors, members, doesn't matter. Everyone in the room, the challenge here this morning is to walk firmly in the truth. To not deviate from it. To not forget who you are when things get rough in life. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who God's made you to be. Don't forget, if you've accepted Christ, you're his. You belong to him. You belong to him. Parents, I'm a parent too. That's hard to swallow sometimes. You belong to Christ. You belong to Christ. God, if you do things his way, if you walk in step with God, look, through the next season of life, God will remain faithful. Amen? God will remain faithful. His strength is perfect, and it's more than enough for you. His grace is sufficient, and no, and, and, it's, and no matter what life brings, he's with you, and you can trust him. See, it's not about how God can fit into our story. Look at me, please. It's not about how God can fit into our story. It's about how we fit into his. It's about how we fit into his. You do things, if I do things my own way, I don't fit very well into his story. It's not about how God can bless me and my endeavors, graduates, and you and your future endeavors. That's a, that's a, that is a myth. It's, it's a pipe dream. Look, you're going to be successful, but don't put all your eggs in the basket, uh, basket of worldly success. Don't. It's a lie. It's a myth. It'll leave you. It'll leave you depressed and, and empty. It's not about how God can bless me and what I do. It's about how I can be a small part of what God is doing in my life, through my life, in the lives of others. And, and this morning, as we talk about God writing your story, listen, are you willing to give God the pen and the paper to write your story? Are you willing to hand over the pen and paper? Are you willing to hand over that empty book and to let God start to write your story instead of you or your parents? Sorry, parents. Let God write your story. See, God's way is better than ours, and living life and pursuing goals apart from God will lead you to a hollow half-life. Just ask some of our adults. 
Just ask almost anybody in here that's lived enough life to have a little bit of regret. And the greatest regret is not doing things God's way. The greatest regret is missing out on what God has for you. It's the greatest regret. And you, you won't outrun that. You won't outrun it. Can God, will God uh, right the ship and get you back on? Absolutely. But don't waste your college years wandering around doing what everybody else is doing. Don't waste those college years. Never get them back. Don't waste your young adult years chasing what the world chases. Chase after God like David did. Understand that God is a refuge. God is a fortress. God is a strong foundation for you. He and he's more than capable of taking care of your life. The good and the bad. The ups and downs. 13th verse of Psalm 27, as we close, says, I remain confident in this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Are you willing to give God the pen and the paper of your life and let him write your story? Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so thankful for this time together. We're thankful for uh, these graduates. We're thankful for the season they're coming out of, the season they're going into, God. And that you alone are good. Your plan for them is good. And you take care of us, God. God, you know better than we do what we need just when we need it. My prayer is that we would be willing to submit to you in this moment. God, as we sing, as we worship, God, I pray that you would be honored. And that we reflect on these lyrics as we sing them. And we sing this song as a prayer. And we talk to you. We sing to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing.